Of course, hold on. So I turned off the soundboard. So now I have to re-hook up the song so it can play. I'm producing live on air and I'm not editing this. So anybody that hears it is going to get the live production. This is how we do WLR. You know the deal. Don't complain. You're getting this for free. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. That's the Striz. And of course, prime time. Freaking Bells is in the house and there's some hoes in his house. At least that's what I heard. Here we go. That's right. What? Only for the sexy people. It is WLR. If you are not sexy, please, man, just 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 spare me the effort that I have to take to order the people to get you the fuck up out of here. How many times do we have to go through this? I mean, how many times have we been doing this podcast and I have to remind you that you have to be sexy in order to be here, okay? If you haven't been thrown out yet, that means that you are amongst the elite, the sexiest of the sexy. But if you're getting thrown out, please don't come back, all right? What's going on? The Andrew Bello is in the house, ladies and gents. What's up? Say what's up to the people. Yo, what's up to the people? Good to be Go back ahead. here in the locker room. I'm, I'm here on right. Prime Thor this week, repping my man Coach Prime. This goes out to all the the dudes who fell off the Colorado Buffalo wagon already. Fuck y'all. We are we are Colorado Buffaloes for as long as Dion is the coach. Okay, that is that is that is that is it. That is our rule. And then we'll move on to the fucking Atlanta Falcons, which is where he's going eventually. Anyway, um, going going well. Yeah, Billy Ray, what's going on with you, man? You know, you know, ever since Coach Prime has been doing his thing and, and calling himself Co- Coach Prime and, and getting the country on fire. Uh, on Instagram, all you see is his Saturday Night Live performance. And and people, you know, how people tend to rewrite history. And they were like, look, he's such a badass. Look at Coach Prime. He had just won the Super Bowl. And then he went on Saturday Night Live and did this and lit it up. That's one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. Actually, the song isn't that bad. But Prime singing the song is god-awful. And, and whomever didn't tell him this at the time that let him go do this, that they should have been fired immediately. And they probably were actually. I mean, it's just awful stuff. If you haven't heard it, it's must be the money. I think is the name of the song must be the money. And he's out there like, you know, uh, uh, doing a job and, and doing all his thing and, and thinking he's singing. Uh, uh, Deion Sanders is good at a lot of things. Singing is not one of them. Just saying, we can't try to rewrite history here, okay? It was not cool, it is not cool, and it will not be cool. All right, introduce the man, please. Oh, sure, but I got to defend Prime for a second listen. Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're so good at being just a human in general, you can do whatever you want. Like, for instance, I'm a better musician than Deion Sanders is. He still sold a fuck ton more records than I have. So there you go. When you're Prime, you're Prime, baby. We're trying That's to right. be Prime right here on hashtag WLR. Anyway... <laughs> We have our main event of the evening, and it comes to us from the land of the Sun Devil, by way of the Denver airport. He stands at six feet, 6.6 inches tall, weighing in at an unbelievably svelte 666 pounds, all 
biceps. So it's probably Man, a little less, actually, with the beard and the hair gone. But good Lord, they're terrifying. You know what? He just added more to the bicep. That's that's right. he evened it out. Still 666 pounds and unbelievably felt they are. He is the master of the massive memories, the connoisseur of the colossal kajungas, and the hunker of huge hooters. The hugest. Shouts to the fink. He, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was like, this is a terrible transition, but he's sexy. Not the fink, he's stranglery. Strangler. Steve. It's like Wiley Wile Coyote hitting at the bottom of the... There it is. He's all flattened out. The hole is coyote shaped into the ground. <laughs> Ouch. Thanks very much, Bells. Boom. Boom. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? It's been, uh, it's been two weeks since I've been on the show. Last week, the thing was giving me problems, and I have a phone that was locked me out of my Apple password, and uh, I was not able to download Zoom and... Uh, Missed the show, so I didn't get to listen to it though. It was a really fun show here in the two of you guys, but mm -hmm. uh, it's good to be back on. Yeah, man, well, it's, it's always good to have you, brother. Good to good to see the streets here at WLR. We are officially Voltron again, the Eleven Eleven Boys. You know how we do, and we're gonna talk some professional wrestling for you guys today, and maybe a little bit of of some other shit. I don't know. I'm not sure. I cut a promo on Riverside for you, Striz, and on Zoom last week. Screw Thank Zoom, you. Right? For, for, and we're back on StreamYard. Again, they're not paying me, man. But if you're going to do this and you're going to do it for real, you're going to do it on StreamYard. If you don't do it on StreamYard, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. You're not podcasting. Right. And you're certainly not sexy. Straight up and down. You're just, you're just not sexy. You've got to reevaluate your life, okay, and, and start contemplating maybe other things. If you're still doing podcast on Zoom, screw Zoom. Screw them, okay? Anyway, okay, so let's get to it. Let, let's jump into the meat of the matter here, what the people really want to see, what they want to hear, what they want to discuss, what they want to know about, right? And it's, it's an it's a, a unquenching thirst for knowledge about Cody Rhodes, the people are still behind the man. They still want him to win the WWE title. It's been uh, close to, no, it hasn't been close to a year yet, but we're past the halfway point. Uh, a prime Thor has fallen asleep. I guess he's not that prime. Wake up, damn it. Listen to what I'm talking about, about Cody Rhodes. He's going to go settle the dispute uh, over in the Middle no. East. He's gonna gonna going to solve world hunger. The guy is gonna gonna put everything to rest here. The guy is gonna do his thing. Now they got him up against Damian Priest. He is going to beat Senor Money in the Bank senseless in Saudi Arabia. That's the next step. It's the next chapter in the book. What are you thinking, Prime Thor? I'm thinking that this is just the hilarious continuation of the never-ending shitty booking of Mr. Senior, Mrs. Money in the Bank, whatever it ends up being. Like, no matter who holds this briefcase, just takes yeah. fucking L's for, like, the next six months until they eventually maybe cash it in for a belt. Like, it's almost like WWE looks at this briefcase as if it's, like, a title that you can never really lose. And so you just, you have it, and hence you're somehow prestigious for having it. 
So you can lose a bunch of matches in a row. It kind of gives all the guys that beat you a little bit of a rub, but it doesn't really. And then ultimately, like you can cash in and maybe, maybe get the world title out of the whole thing. I'm still not convinced that's what's going to actually happen with Damian Priest. But uh, given the amount of gold that's surrounded Judgment Day, I, I feel like it's kind of inevitable. But I guess we'll we'll find out. It could very well end up be that they're just kind of building all this up here between Cody and Damian to foreshadow priest ultimately you know ruining cody's big moment if and when he does get crowned champion at some point down the road which would be cool like i think that they should absolutely pull the rug out from underneath him as quickly as possible when he does win this title because i'm not all that fucking interested in seeing him hold the title for any lengthy period of time so uh if it ends up being priest i'm i'm good with it no that's horrible it's wonderful why would you why would you say such things that's not cool nobody nobody wants to see damian priest as a wwe champion for one right second everybody wants to see cody <laughs> everybody wants to see cody Rhodes as the yeah. champion of the world the yeah. royal rumble <laughs> The greatest event in professional wrestling history is coming up. They're already advertising it. And we know, hands down, of course, the 11-11 boys are going to do their annual Royal Rumble preview and prediction show. And year after year after year after year, one of us, one of us being me, has picked the winner of the Royal Rumble without fail. That's what we do here at the 11-11 studios, right? So you're going to want to tune in. And I'm going to tell you right now, right now, I'm making the prediction. I'm going to channel um, to, to, to the ether, the Akashic records. And they're telling me <laughs> that Cody Rhodes will win the Royal Rumble for the second year in a row and go on to WrestleMania. I don't know if he'll wrestle the tribal chief. He might wrestle Seth Rollins. That might be a thing. It all depends on the rock and what he decides to do. Just saying. The Striz is here right now. You guys can't see the Striz. We are not streaming live. I don't know if we ever will again. That really depends on me hooking this thing up to the PW Hustle YouTube channel or Hameen Media's YouTube channel. Now, I'm not sure I want to go through that trouble, but but the Striz is as clean as a baby's bottom. So fresh, so clean, looking sexy as hell. I mean, it's undeniable, not that it was ever in question before, but now the 11-11 crew is without a doubt the sexiest of Hami Media, the sexiest of the PW Hustle, the sexiest of, of a channel attitude, the sexiest professional wrestling podcast in existence. Striz, how are you? Welcome back. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Cody Watch, ladies and gents, what's up? Hey, I even used silk today. What? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, twice, twice this month. Damn. So, you know, wow. I'm on a roll, dude. Hell yeah. What's uh, up? Uh, as far as uh, the Cody stuff goes, Cody's not fine. Like, hashtag, like we used to do with Ricochet. Because they lost the tag belts. I know, I know. They're not doing that great, Pally. But I guess it does put them back in single stuff, which ends that tag thing, which makes you wonder why they did it to begin with. But, um, mm. you know, I'm not into hot potatoing the tag belts around, or any of the belts, really. But... I guess every now and then it's all right, but you know we'll see how you know how that all unfolds. But um, uh, Damian Priest having the Money in the Bank thing, uh, I, I I said this like I, every year when Money in the Bank happens, I always end up saying, and I, I I really still think this is true. Like the way to keep it exciting isn't to have that guy who has the briefcase doing all those jobs, like Bella was saying. 
because they do do a lot of jobs. It's like, yeah. you know, how am I going to picture this guy as the world champion? If all I ever see him do is lose. So my my idea was, you know, the winner of the Money in the Bank match, if he's he has to defend the, the Money in the Bank briefcase every week. Every week that he doesn't try to cash in, he has That's to defend excellent. it. If it's not right. defended by X time on the show, it has, it's on the line and has an open challenge to whoever gets to the ring first, basically. And, like, you can have guys lose the briefcase back and forth or to a bunch of other guys. Kind of like what they did with the 24-7 title, but not multiple times in one night, you know? Yeah. And, like, that way, like, you know, it, it either gets the guy to go ahead and, you know, shit or get off the pot, or it gives another guy an opportunity. If he wins it and doesn't cash in, so on and so forth, he has to defend it, too. But at least it kind of makes it, like, mean a little bit more, you know? And it keeps that guy who has the briefcase hot enough where you feel like, he can kind of parlay that into something where it doesn't always have to be a sneak from behind after a guy is, you know, a champion is laid out and has done 45 minutes and, you know, oh, now so-and-so comes in, does a finisher and pins him and takes the belt. Cause we've seen that countless times by now, like 15 times, it seems like. So let's just see something different and new and have the guy go ahead and just actually challenge, you know, um, the champion or whichever guy he's going to challenge for the belt and be like, next week I'm cashing this in and make it into something. So that way they can have a thing where he's prepared. The champion's prepared to face this guy. It's not like, you know, he's such an unknown entity, that being Damian Priest, that, you know, whatever, you know, champion is couldn't like figure it out, you know, how to, you know, get ready for that match for the coming week, whatever, you know what I mean? So like maybe, like for like the uh, Saudi Arabian show where where uh, Cody wrestles um, Damian Priest, like that should be on the line, or they do some sort of weird thing where uh, Cody just walks out with the briefcase and it's now it's in his possession. You know what I mean? Like possession is nine tenths of the one. You know, it, well, Cody cash in. I guess you know um, right. Roman Reigns. He's here tonight. Oh my God! What's gonna happen here in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia? At least it gets people to kind of tweet and talk and text and do all the kinds of social media things that you want them to do during your shows and stuff. It gets things trending. So, like, why not do something like that? Just to be different and, get, you know, do something unusual. And, like, the Saudi Arabian crowd hasn't seen that. You know what I mean? So, like, they're a very boisterous crowd. Let, let them get into the show and let them think something big. Are you saying they there. they have Cody cash in and then they, like, oh, wait, he didn't really have the belt. They, they, they fucking dusty finish Cody's. Fucking yeah. title win! Oh my god, yeah, he I love it! I love it Roman, so much. <laughs> takes the belt, and the next night on Raw, or whatever, they're like, "Sorry, Cody, <laughs> that's not your, that's not your belt. It wasn't uh, your." Uh, but uh, that'd be that'd be hilarious. I would I would generally say this is a stupid application of the Money in the Bank, but like with Walter still having the title, right? He's still got the Intercontinental title. Like, what? I mean, I know it's heel on heel, but like somebody somebody like cashing in on like somebody like Walter not a world champion, not expecting the cash-in at all, because yeah. why would you ever waste the cash-in on the inter- Intercontinental Belt? But to be the guy that beats Walter, albeit through sketchy means, I feel like is almost as mean. It's certainly more meaningful to me than Seth's belt at this point. Like, I'd yeah. rather I'd rather him do that. Um, but, like, bottom line is, like, if you don't have Roman's belt, you ain't got shit. So if they do end up right. giving Cody uh, the shot at the title eventually, whether it's through the Rumble or Elimination Chamber or... Um, whatever other mechanism, W championship scramble, which they should bring back. Um, they um, they do something like that, and he ends up getting his world title shot against Seth. It's just kind of like it's like giving Punk the main event on Saturday night. You know, it's just like hey, yeah. you get it, but you don't really get it. No one's ever going to really consider it to be 
you know, like the world title or the main event or whatever it ends up being. Yeah. Oh, right, right now, I'm sorry, Billy Ray. If I just say one more thing. Like, I feel like right now that two top titles, the Universal and the World Heavyweight title, have been very devalued since WrestleMania. I feel like going in the Mania last year, they were kind of, you know, doing a really great job of keeping everybody so strong. And now Roman is never on TV. And if he is, it's a contract signing or something stupid. You never see the belt defended, even on pay-per-view. So it almost feels like it's an irrelevant title. Nobody cares about it. It's not important. They don't put it on the show. Yeah. Steph, on the other hand, he defends it, but he's a champion with a broken back that nobody can beat. So apparently everybody's a fucking pussy and can't beat a guy with a broken back who's been working full time for 15 years. So, you know, it's a really strange, like, dynamic with the titles right now. And maybe the strongest title right now is is Gunther having the two year reign with the Intercontinental Belt. Yeah. The most credibility, anyhow, because he shows up every week and still has a match at least two or three shows out of the month. So, you know, you know, I, I just think that they, they, they did such a great job building up towards Mania, and now here we are a few months later, and, like, it just feels, everything feels kind of deflated. Or, or, or Mommy with the, with, the, with the Women's Championship. Why doesn't Senor Money in the Bank go, go challenge her? That's Damn. the biggest guy. She She's Swerve. the most dominant champ. I mean, why don't you go do that? You know, if, if I won the money in the bank and I, I'm a professional wrestler, I'm not challenging Gunther for the for the IC belt. I'm like, come on. There's there's a world title. I'm going to go get the world title. I'm like, Roman, come out here. Or fine, if Roman won't come out here, give me broken back Seth Rollins and I'll take his fake world title. One of the two. I'm taking the top. It's like it's like um, Donald Trump becoming the Speaker of the House. You don't need to come out. You're gonna be the president of the United States. You're not gonna know, be, that be crazy now. though. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing would ever get done. What nothing gets question? done now. Exactly. Actually, bad shit gets done now. I'm okay with nothing getting done. Can, I'm team gridlock, baby. Team <laughs> gridlock. The gentleman from from Wisconsin has the right to speak. Like I can't. I can't even. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> very good. What would happen? Speak his very beautiful words. <laughs> Some of the best words you'll ever hear. The best words, the biggest words, the brightest words. Um, <laughs> and yeah, listen, Cody Rhodes, you know, is on his way. I, I did not think he would still be over as he is at this point. It's a bellow chagrin. Cody Rhodes looks like unwavering path to WrestleMania. Let's see what happens at the Royal Rumble. If The Rock can keep his ass out of my ring, if the, if the Rock can go, well, fill this is another, a New Japan. The fuck out of here. Another blockbuster flop. Uh, <laughs> if he can go and 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 make a Fast and the Furious twelve or something, whatever the hell they're up to right now, go do that. Leave me the hell alone. Cody Rhodes needs to win the Universal Undisputed WWE Championship, whatever the hell it's called. Not the, the second place, uh, 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 what is it, a consolation prize title. And and the, I'm, I'm fearing it's going to be night one. It's going to be Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. And night two will be the, the, the tribal chief versus the tribal chief. You know, the Rock versus Roman Reigns. It'll be kind of stacked, to be honest. It'll just be robbing. Cody Rhodes of his moment. So so please just step out. Get out of my way, Rock, and 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 let the man claim his victory and fulfill his destiny. Is that too much to ask, Bells? Why are you such a hater, man? Come on. 
Yeah, no, his destiny is to come close to the title. Closer, probably closer than his dad ever really did already at this point. I mean, he was in a main right. event match for Rus- at WrestleMania for said title. And uh, his destiny is to that for that to be as close as he ever gets to the title. And then he he and Brandy will have offspring and WWE will sign them. And then they'll let that kid think that they're going to be world champion <laughs> and screw them out of the world title and continue it on. Because the Rhodes is as much as I love Dusty. They appear to be a family of suckers. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask Driz a question. Um, not really. Bells. Um, imagine. I, w- I want to ask both of you a question, but I want to go to Strizz first, right? Uh, Drew McIntyre, his contract is expiring uh, uh, not till April of 2024, but apparently uh, they're in a contract dispute. And and Drew McIntyre has given them a number. WWE does not want to match it, right? Now, this is very different. It's not Vince McMahon anymore. We have to go through TKO and whatever whatever layers of of whatever approval needs to go down for somebody to get signed, right? And get some big money. I mean, they may not look at Drew McIntyre as a draw. I mean, he's not really. But they may not look at him at maybe they don't, right? They didn't offer him the money. They may not look at him as worth it, right? As the money that that he thinks he demands. But overall, I'm just thinking, how is this merger going to affect how these wrestlers are getting paid moving forward? You know, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, the UFC, TKO, whatever the hell it's called. They, they may not want to be as free with million-dollar contracts as, as the WWE was, you know? They, mm-hmm. they want to cut corners, make more money. And, and uh, when, when guys like Drew McIntyre, who is an upper mid-carder, you know, um, comes up and says, hey, this is the money I want, they'll be like, hey, take, you're going to take the 200000 300000 we're giving you, or you're going to go to AEW. I don't know. I, they may not care. What do you think, Shriz? What, what do you think? How do you think it's going to break out? Uh, well, depending on the number. I mean, if he's asking a million bucks a year, yeah, I think he's worth that. If, if he's asking five million bucks a year, mm, you know, maybe not. But, I mean, it, it all depends on how creative you can get. I mean, you can come up with other ways than just a flat paycheck to make a guy his money. You can give him better points on his merch or you can – Maybe let them take some outside dates to kind of fill in some holes if they're not using them every, you know, all the time. Let them do a six-week tour of Japan. Maybe he'll, you know, get a little better or learn something new and build up some buzz for himself. I mean, you know, sometimes the best thing a guy can do, like he learned the first time, was this, sometimes you just have to go away and learn a new hold, as Jim Ross used to say, you know, mm-hmm. and come back in a year and see where they're at. I mean, I still think there's lots of great uh, goodwill on Drew McIntyre. The fact that he got to be the champion during the um, COVID era earlier in the Thunderdome, I thought he was a great champion back then. It sucks that he never got to be the champ in front of a group of people. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was sucky. I thought they'd always let him have that another win uh, when they went into WrestleMania and um, in uh, New Orleans, I think it was, or the, I think it was New Orleans when they were coming out of COVID and he wrestled um, the then champion, Bobby Lashley. And everyone thought, no, Drew's going to get it back and get this win at Mania. And they decided to keep it on Lashley and it popped everybody because they weren't expecting it. And But I, I still think that he's got a lot left in his tank. He's not like very old. He still has oh, a yeah. lot of miles left on the engine. But, you know, maybe a guy like that can make some waves in AEW or maybe go to Japan for a little bit. Oh, my God. Can you, you imagine know? him in AEW? Like, I know, but they at least they have some other guys like Murder Hawk and Big Bill. So they have some guys. Edge now is there. Some some 
heavyweights that he can work with over there. And but you know, could he work with Ricky Starks? I'm sure he could work with him, but he could sell Ricky's stuff and look, make it look real. Probably not. Yeah. But uh, you know, um, that's it, it. Shouldn't it shouldn't be held against him that he's a, like a true heavyweight? The guy's like six foot five and oh yeah, two hundred and seventy pounds, and he right. looks like uh, what a professional wrestler, in my opinion, is supposed to look like. He looks like he could really twist your head off and not give two shits about doing it. And you know, I think there's a real value to that, and I think he brings some credibility. I and mean, maybe he's not being booked in the most favorable way right now, but I think that could be turned around in just a matter of a couple of weeks. Okay, I don't disagree with you. I just don't know how free the pocketbooks are anymore. I I, I don't know if if well, if okay, what's up, Strace? What's up? I'm sorry. I was gonna say, well, so long as Triple H is still in like the creative part, I'm sure he'll have some say with when it goes to whoever is making the financial decisions and say this guy is a player and we need him on our team and we don't want him going somewhere else let's make him happy we can get another three years out of him at least and you know we'll get our money back and you know great moments and you know merch and you know essentially he pays for himself plus the tv rights are so high still with like billion dollar rights that you know i don't think you know, keeping him on is like a bad financial decision. So I think when if you have somebody like that, like Triple H on your team, kind of going to bat for you, I think the guys like uh, was it who's running? Is it Ari Emanuel? Is the guy's name or who? Who's, yeah, yeah, who's like runs? Um, I think I think he'll listen to a guy like Triple H because I don't think he's gonna say, "Oh no, no, hire him," because simply because he's Triple H's friend. Because the guy doesn't need to produce, or else Triple H's job is now. I'm like, hey, he told me this guy could produce. We're not getting shit from him, you know. The pay per view tanked with him on top, you know. Like, I, I, I do think that you know if they put him in the right positions, he, he definitely will draw some interest. What's he did up, a great uh, job drawing for Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. Oh I yeah, agree. well, he. I mean, he's got to be a huge draw in Europe. You'd imagine just across the board, and like maybe that's part of the thinking is like, hey, we don't really have anything for this guy now. Like, why are we going to give him a bunch of like you know long term money when we could like you know wait six months for the European tour, sign him up then give him a large chunk of his merch where it doesn't necessarily like really break our backs to have him here and he'll make a boatload of money on the tour. And then we could decide whether or not we want to continue to use him from there. But yeah, it might be a little bit more fickle over there with, with the guys not being, you know, the guys making the decisions aren't wrestling guys. It's not, you know, it's not fucking, you know, Carney Vince and like that kind of shit going on anymore. So uh, it, it is going to be very interesting to see how that kind of stuff moves forward. I, I don't know. Drew always just, Drew kind of always just seemed like a B plus player to me in WWE. Like, I, yeah, he was good on top for the period of time that he was. But part of me wonders, like, if he was only on top because of the circumstances we were in, like, would they have necessarily put him on top if there were crowds there every week? Would they really have like, you know, would he have been as over as they probably would hope he would be if he was in that spot otherwise? So I, I don't know. It just seemed interesting. Like, whereas his time in TNA, which is back, by the way, um, you know, his time at TNA, I thought was spectacular stuff with Lashley over there was great. Even when he first got over there and he was doing the, you know, kind of dejected former WWE thing where a million guys have done that before. Like it felt very genuine with him because he does look like the, the you know, kind of the carbon copy of what you would want a, a pro wrestler to look like. And he was the chosen one and there was all these expectations and it didn't work out. And they kind of just three man banned him and then dust panned him. And now he's over in TNA trying to, like, make it work again. And, and he fucking did. Like, he got right back into the game, and he deserved to be back in WWE. But once he got there, I don't, like, as far as, like, making a world champion, like, I mean, you kind of you kind of have to, I guess, at some point, if you're going to have him wallowing around 
the heavyweight division, if you will. Otherwise, what the fuck is he there for? Um, but I don't know. I just never really bought into it as it was. Um, but pretty much the same as I don't buy into the uh, return of TNA. But uh, it's going to be kind of interesting. What do you mean yeah. TNA is back? TNA is back. Like Impact Wrestling is, I guess, dead. And TNA is coming back. They named it TNA again? Yeah, it is total nonstop action wrestling. But why? I don't know. Eric Young dug what a box up, bro. You got to go fucking watch this promo. There was like a whole thing. It was like a movie. Eddie Edwards was there. A bunch of people I've never heard of before. A bunch <laughs> of people I probably had heard of but don't even recognize anymore. It's right. very weird. Um, as long as there's going to be some TNA, though, like, fucking sign me up. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get very much TNA there. Or, or maybe TNA that you don't like. You know, yeah, um, but uh, but damn, like, I mean, what, what is the rationale behind this? It's a dead brand, it's like saying, Yeah, we're gonna name the WWE WCW. Like, nobody, it doesn't make any fuck. I mean, sense. I've heard a lot, of, I've heard some of the rationale being that like people still call it TNA anyway, like it's been impact yeah, for probably, probably 15 years, and we all still yeah. call it TNA. It's yeah, the I goddamn still call it cockroach of wrestling. Mean it's any good. Like, you, you, I mean, you gotta completely disassociate yourself with that. shit. This is not good. In in no way, shape, or form is this is good. Like I, I I'd have been in that boardroom just screaming all hell. Like, what are you what are you guys doing? What are you and then I, I would have gotten fired, of course. Yeah. Like they fought then, so hard to detach themselves from the from the right. moniker for so long and now they're right. just kind of relenting. Well, let's it's just weird. go back. Let's go do that again. What are your thoughts on, on the return of, of, of TNA, I guess, Trace? Well, I mean, this is like their fifth name change in like right. a decade. So it's global championship to, wrestling, yeah, global force, and global you know force. they changed out the belts all these times that they every time they do that, and you know it's just I, I, if people call it TNA, call it TNA, I guess. But like, I mean, WWE, I was always saying that was that was a failed thing because for a good ten years after. WWF became WWE. People still call it WWF. Yeah, you know, even like when there'd be like a report on the news and that weird WWF is coming to town. World Wrestling Fair is like, no, it hasn't been called that in six years. Right. Like it was just, but that's what how people knew it because that's how they watched it when they were a kid. They're completely, like you said, disassociated from it now. But in their mind, that's what it's called. You know, and that's that's what it is. Like, but the it's just I don't know if it's going to matter because like. A tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to see it. Does it really does it make a sound? Like who nobody's watching TNA. They get right. less than fifty thousand viewers every week <laughs> on a station that should have, you know, it's in the millions of households, millions and millions of households. So nobody's watching it. And it's too bad because there there is some decent talent. They have some good wrestlers, right? The direction is not great. Right. The creative is not interesting. The crowds are smaller than your average indie weekend show crowd and like you know it's just people who just work the, the the indies everywhere like they're not like contracted talents where they're just you can only watch them by seeing them on this show so nothing drives you to the show to watch the angles are just practically non-existent there's not there's just nothing exciting there's nothing cutting edge about it and a couple of years ago when i was at a, a, a wrestlemania I was looking at all the people walking around this city, all wrestling fans, like tens of thousands of people just walking around, going to different shows or clubs or going out to eat and seeing all the sights and everything. And um, you see all these wrestling shirts and you say, oh, who's really the most over? And you see, you know, the, the Shield shirts and you'd see like 
you know, all the all the shares of the top dudes, you know what I mean? And I was just kind of looking at them, and I saw, like, um, what was, like, the, oh, lots of Bullet Club things at the time, because that was super over. Uh, and I was, like, just kind of taking mental stock of everything I saw. And then it hit me. And I said to my wife, you know, all the tens of thousands of people that are here wearing wrestling shirts, because this is a wrestling crowd on a wrestling, biggest wrestling weekend of the year. I haven't seen one TNA shirt. <laughs> Not one. But there was, like I said, you know, New Japan. There was all, all stuff from all over the world. Nothing from TNA. And that shows you that even the hardest core, hardcore wrestling fans don't watch TNA. The, the television is painful. It's, it's painful to watch. It's hard to watch the show. And I have a lot of friends who work there. And I don't want them to lose their jobs. I don't want them to go out of business. Right, of course not. You no, know, let them keep their paying gig. It's fine, and it helps them, you know, leverage better money on the indies for whatever reason. Not like it helps them draw more because nobody watches the show. But for those people, they get they make a couple extra hundred more dollars because they can say that they're quote unquote TNA stars. So it works with the promoters who are book, who are booking them, and good for the talent, you know, because it's more money in their pocket. But there's never a return on on that because, like I said, nobody cares and nobody watches the show. Right. No, I, I agree, man. I, I've tried. I have tried. Like and and like you said, some of the wrestlers are, are incredible, and 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 even some of, some of the matches are good to watch. But damn it, man! Like the actual segments and and the the, the backstage, uh, all that stuff is just painful. It's just yeah. so the, the production it, itself is right. horrible. The lighting is terrible. The sound is terrible. Like even the cutaways are terrible. The editing is terrible. The music is terrible. There's and like, they're like in a TV studio too, right? Aren't they are still they? doing it like in a TV studio, like the, like know. down to Universal or whatever the fuck? Or am I twenty years past I, that? I, I, I thought, I thought they were filming it up in Canada now because it's like oh, a Canadian yeah. company, really. So yeah. like, but I think what they what they need if they want to do this, if they want to change their name back to TNA, that's that's fine because that's what people call it. Like I said, but they need like a complete overhaul in management. Like literally need to yank everybody out, get new president. From the top all the way down to the soundboard engineer, and just change everybody out and hire professionals to do it. Don't get scabs. Don't get guys who, you know, fans of the business to sit in. Let me teach you how to do the audio here. When you see this level going up, that's too hot. You want it cool. Just hire real people. If you want it to be a real show that people are going to watch, you have to produce it like it's a real show. Yeah, makes sense. No, There's, uh, AJ Styles was uh, commenting on this actually and suggested that they bring back the six sided ring. Which I thought was just crazy. <laughs> just like I feel like that's I agree. Just a, yes, it's a logistical nightmare. Uh, Steve, have you, have you did you ever you ever work in a six sided ring? No, or anything along those no. lines. And, and you have any the, you know insight? The six sided ring came from when they brought the luchadors up from AAA, and uh, the, it was created by a, a luchador named Heavy Metal, whose father is uh, Pepe Tropicasas, who was a legendary wrestler turned referee for like forty years, who was refing into like his eighties. He's in the Wrestling Hall of Fame and the Sports Hall of Fame in Mexico City, and uh, he kind of came up with the concept for the six-sided ring and just did it. You know, it's a there's a little more esoteric stuff to it. I'll probably tell you guys some other time, but nice. um, you know, it's just it kind of looks cool because it's different. But they never got the right size ring because they kept it small for like wherever venue they're at. But the real six-sided rings that they have in Mexico are gigantic. They're like 24 feet across. Whereas the WWE ring is 20 feet. But the ones that they're using in TNA were like 14 feet. So like you're 
it's too close and it's too fast. And I guess, you know, you take an arm drag and you're going from one side of the ring all the way to the other. And they think maybe it looks spectacular. Oh, all the way across the ring. But when you're doing a tag match and you can tag a guy from pretty much almost any part of the ring, it's kind of looks kind of silly and goofy. But when you see the real one in Mexico, it, it looks a little bit better. Plus, the, the ropes are a lot longer. So it's like they give you a better stretch and a better, you know, momentum when you're hitting the ropes and stuff. Whereas the TNA one, they're, they're so short that you can't get any real bounce. It's like, hitting like like a wall almost you know for one of these days i'll go down to mexico and see it and see the real deal you know um uh no i'm not excited about this i think this is a bad look but whatever uh do as you will um one maybe more thing uh, maybe they'll sign will osprey and make him a centerpiece of the, That's of the franchise what I was about to say because we were talking about about britain and and you know and how they need a a a, a, a european draw and all this other stuff. Well, Osprey's a free agent, apparently, or he will be at some point, and he's talking to the WWE. Now, Will Osprey is in the conversation for the best in the world right now, uh, as far as in the ring. I don't know if you guys agree or not. I think so. The guy's fucking phenomenal. And he's been phenomenal for a long time. Uh, he's put on some weight. I think he's better than Kenny Omega. I think he's better than Okada. I think he's better than Daniel Bryan. You know, I think, and, and that's saying something, Daniel Bryan is right right there, but I, I think this guy's better. He's not a bad promo either. He's not a good, not a bad looking kid either, you know, so the WWE would be interested in him in some capacity. Uh, and he's uh, he said that he would be um, open to living in the U.S. for a bit, even though he didn't want to before. He he, he wants to live in the U.S. If, if, the, if the money's right, right? He wants to make some money and and make the most out of his wrestling career. I don't blame him. Is the WWE the right place for him? Like I, I, I think, I think it's a good look for him. Even if, even if Vince was in control, I think they can do something with Will Offspray. But now that Vince is supposedly not, or maybe doesn't yield the influence that he used to, I think it's, a, it's a, it's a good look for Will Offspray. I think, uh, I think they can definitely do something with the guy, and he can make some money. That's just my. My thoughts. What's up, Prime Thor? Well, yeah, you said he put on some weight. How big is he? Is yeah. he like, is he like big, big? Like, I have two twenty-five, two twenty, two twenty-five. He'd still qualify you know? for the he's a, he's a weight tall title. Dude, so yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Good. He looks solid. I could, yeah. I could see them. I could see him coming into WWE mostly because of obviously the Ricochet thing. Like they can run that fucking you know trilogy whatever the fuck back and and people will be going gaga for it for a little while him and rollins makes a lot of sense i'm sure for a variety of reasons but like once they kind of get over that initial hump where's he gonna end up right like he's we all saw what the fuck ricochet's been doing for the last 10 years like it hasn't exactly been a wonderful road hashtag ricochet is not fine other than hash though hashtag ricochet's fiance fine as fuck like let's throw that out there so the dude's doing all right for himself but uh yeah we've got uh will osprey coming in like i i I don't think there's a good win for him either way. Like I, I think best case scenario, he comes into WWE and they do something similar to what he did in New Japan, where they like they bring back the cruiserweight title kind of subtly, maybe right before he shows up, they put it on him, and then he kind of builds it up to the point to where it's like, well, fuck it, I could challenge for the world heavyweight title, why not? And you kind of work work some sort of angle like that, which is essentially what what his storyline was for a while in New Japan. Um, otherwise, he goes to to AEW. I mean, the same sort of thing. He's going to he's gonna have a match with Brian. He's going to have a match with Cesaro. He's going to have a match with Omega. He's going to... And then what? 
Like even if they put the world title on him, like I've I've never been immensely compelled, you know, compelled by his promo work. Like he just kind of always just comes off as like a pompous brat, which I suppose is the gimmick. But there's only so much that you can do with that after a while. Um, and yeah, like I, his in-ring ability is phenomenal. The things he can do in the ring are probably unmatched out there right now. But like, do I want to see it? And do I need to see it every week? And does it need to be a 45 minutes of fucking false finishes and finishing moves like it like it typically is? I, I, you mentioned kind of like those guys, o, o, Okada, Omega, and Brian and all those. Like Okada to me was always the best of them because he didn't ever have to do anything spectacular to get the same reactions that the other guys do. Like Okada's out there wrestling like fucking like Striz was working back in the nineties. Like it's like fucking clotheslines and fucking suplexes and shit. That's all it is. It's nothing like super fucking over the top dives. And yeah, he throws that shit in there every so often just to, to kind of get a, a, an over the top pop. But Okada, it's just, he's just out there just straight up fucking heart and, and strategy as far as the character goes. And it, and it works out for him. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, this all started with Osprey. I, I don't. I think his best bet is to stay in New Japan and just be like the greatest guy Jin that New Japan's ever had by a million miles. Oh no, no, no! I, th- I, I don't. I think you, I think you are very wrong here. In particular, uh, 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 comparing him to Ricochet, two very, very different, different uh, wrestlers here. Really. Uh, and- yeah, yeah, really, very, very different. Um, eh. I, I mean, I, I remember when Ricochet came into the WWE, we had this argument, and you were like, "He's gonna be like the next freaking God knows a freaking." <laughs> right now, here we are. I learned the event. lesson. You're right? now yeah. just repeating so, my mistakes. Right. Yeah, so, no, 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 no. <laughs> I hear. I, yeah, that's exactly no, what that. No, no, no. It's, you still haven't learned your lesson, sir. Okay. <laughs> Will Osprey can can. Uh, I think he can do something, right? And and the thing is, his promo skills are are, are definitely better than anything Ricochet could ever do. That's granted. The that's granted. that's the thing that changes changes things. And he's a little bit well. Ricochet put on some weight too now, but he's a little bit uh, bigger than Ricochet, I think. And um, I, I don't know. It, he he shouldn't go to AEW. That's for sure, because he's been in AEW for the past I don't know how long, and no one gives a shit because they just really don't know how to do it. Um. You, He's how how uh, a talent like that gets lost in the shuffle is beyond me, beyond me. And and he comes <clears> out and feels as pedestrian. At, oh, it's Will Osprey. There he is. He's wrestling on dynamite. Oh, there he goes. Like it, it's crazy. Anyway, what's up, Stris? I think he'd be a great addition to WWE. Uh, he's slowed down his pace. He did, and he's learning how to work. And that's mm-hmm. because he had an injury. And that's when guys really start learning how to work when they hit their 30s and they realize if I'm going to do this for any particular amount of time going forward, I need to learn how to work. And that's why he's getting even better than he was because now he can base his stuff in psychology rather than for just a simple pop. Uh, Putting on the size was a great idea because it's going to add some padding to his body for when he takes those bumps and things like that. It's going to really make a big difference than when he was like 30 or 40 pounds lighter. Um, I don't think his promos are that bad. And I think with the WWE machine behind him, they'll be able to kind of, you know, help guide him in the right, you know, place to, you know, develop a new kind of image for himself. Um, that's probably why he's like saying now that he'd live in the U.S. because he's realizing that the bump card is punched and now he's got to learn a completely different style. And what style will make you, you know, more money than the WWE style when, you know, you're doing WrestleManias, you know? So 
I, I, I welcome him there. I, I never really saw a lot of his stuff until, you know, in the last maybe two years or so, you know, so. Uh, see, I'm the opposite then. That there, There's our discrepancy. Okay. <laughs> well, we're allowed to uh, disagree. But, uh, you know, no, I, I I'm not. That, I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying really, like you've seen more of his more recent work, which is probably a much oh, more valid gotcha. opinion than mine, who hasn't seen it in probably two to three years. I, well, I, you know, I have an inside source that says he just signed with NXT, and they're going to call him Oz Will Spray. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's going to come Oz in. Will Spray <laughs> doing in the Impact Zone. Yeah, they're, gonna, they're just going to give him a stupid name, and he'll have to do a uh, job to uh, Braun Breaker, and then. Uh, <laughs> Get sent back to Japan. No, I, I think I think he'd be great in WWE, and uh, you know I bet he'd have a lot of guys helping him look like a million bucks because, I, like you said, uh, Bell's Rollins would love to work with him on a large stage. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. I mean, just imagine Osprey working uh, Logan Paul. I yes, mean, that would money, 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 money. Sure. You know, that's just you know. I, I actually think that he he could go eye to eye with uh, Roman Reigns, and people would be like, "Wow, you know, that's pretty impressive." Because that's the kind of size he's put on, you know, like looks really good. So you know, bring it on, and let, you know, show the kid how to work and make money doing this. There's a difference between a wrestler and a worker. He has to become a worker now, and uh, you know, I think that he can have a, a good, you know, three to five years where he can make some real money and be smart with it. We'll never have to work another day in his life. Well, there you have. The Strays has fully endorsed Will Ospreay, ladies and gents. So come on down. Come on. Come on. I you know the funny thing is, Billy Ray, can I cut you off real quick? Of course. After the match he had with Ricochet, I think it was, in Japan, I, right. I never would have said that, the yeah, stuff yeah. I said. But only because of his recent, the last year of his stuff has really has turned the corner for me. Right, right, Fair right. enough. I, I, was, I was ahead of the curve. I knew this from the beginning. I was like, that guy. Who is that guy? Get me that guy right now. Let's sign him right now. People didn't really listen to me. It's like it's like Jay Z said, like to quote, you know, freaking Bell's favorite rapper. You know, he didn't really appreciate it until the second second one came out. You know what I mean? That's when people started saying, ah, you know. But all jokes aside, I'm I'm joking right now. But but I I love Will Ospreay. I I I was just from, from the first moment. I was like, who is this guy? This guy's phenomenal. You know, um, but uh, but yeah, like Strizz says, he's kind of he's kind of transformed his game. Like uh, you know, he he looks like uh like what a professional wrestler should look like right now. He doesn't look like a little kid. All right, you know, uh, flipping around. He well, looks then, like he you know what? You. I look forward to seeing Will Hawk on WWE <laughs> television. <laughs> Bill Hawk or, or can be Bill right, Hawk, or, yeah. Bill Hawk, whatever the hell they are. Billy Hawkins. Billy Hawkins, oh. ladies and gentlemen. Coming down the ring. All right. So to that point, Strays uh, put out the shout outs, man. And and this was another test only for the sexiest of the sexy. If, if we didn't come through, what can I tell you? Strays, tell them what's up. Yeah, man. I want to humiliate our listeners and <laughs> have them make fools of themselves on the interweb where it will live for infamy. <laughs> and uh, On X. On the X. And I uh, said that. I, you know, last week was the thing about everybody say something nice about Bells, and I thought it was too much of an easy giveaway to say something about you because Bells is a real grinding kid, and to find something to like is really hard, so you have to actually think about it. No, yeah, it was, no, honestly, I was <laughs> impressed that they, they came up with as many things as they did. <laughs> It'd be too easy, Billy Ray, for them to find stuff about you that they like, so I thought I'd wait out another week or two for that one. So I oh, said, uh, just do a promo. 
go, you know, record a promo of yourself and post it of your of your favorite WWE superstar and like they're you know do an impression of them and see it. Don't tell us who it is and see if we can figure out who it is and see how good your impression is. So, of course, um, per usual, uh, Jay Rizimin couldn't get his phone in his hand fast enough to make a fool of himself and. Uh, we're going to go to that one, I think, first and uh, see if you guys can tell who he's supposed to be. Let's see. We're scrolling. Let me see if I can find here. Jay Riz here, man. What's up, Jay Riz? How you doing, buddy? Always Everybody's doing favorite great. Texan. That's my right. dude. Shout outs to my boy Elon for providing this lovely platform for us to be able to view these things on. <laughs> there. No, that's. I don't know who that is. There goes the guy right there. We can see it. You guys can't, but you know what? That's just the way the brakes go. Hold on for a second. If you want to see wanna... these things, you go on to the X and support your boy, technocrat Elon Musk. All right, hold on. <laughs> Are you guys ready? We're ready. All right, let me know if you guys can't hear it. Take it away, Jay Reezy. I'm going to drink this. I'm going to get all the way down. And it's going to get in me real good. <laughs> it's going to make me feel good. I'm going to tell you what then. I'm going to get some food. I'm going to eat that dinner. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. And you never know what's going to happen. Because <laughs> you never know. What could it be? The next thing. But get ready, get ready to listen to the Wednesday locker room. <laughs> Them 11-11 boys, let's get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Either one of you guys want to take a stab at who he is uh, trying to emulate there in that promo? Uh, jump in, Jim Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how about you, Bells? Um, it took me a minute, but yeah, that, that's a that's a macho man attempt, at least. John, we love you. Oh my god! Man. You know, when everybody posted their stuff, I would reply with who I thought the person was. Him, I couldn't reply because I wasn't really sure the oh yeahs are in there, but I, you know, uh, and it, I thought it would be like maybe he'd tell a promo of you know something. Like you'd instantly go over right, that like, savage, like, the you. Yeah, exactly. The Bell's uh, a pretty good match. Kind of just went into his own and did the thing. But I mean, hey, he's a part of it, so that's cool. But it was the only one I was like, we hmm, love I'm it. not sure. So I, I had to hit him up on, um, uh, hit slide into his DMs and ask mm-hmm. him, like, hey, a little hint here. He's like, oh, yeah, it's a macho man. <laughs> so mm-hmm. okay, just want to make the sure. Power of power. There you yeah. go. Uh, John, uh, no homo, but slide into my DMs. Let me get your address. You get a T-shirt. Ooh, <laughs> wow. For his exuberance. Big. We will, uh, we will wow, reward John. See if we're going to keep the uh, T-shirt wow. thing rolling. We'll go to the next one. Let's go. J- listen, Jay Riz, man. Listen, I got to tell you, there's no way you fit in that shirt. What you need to That's do absolutely is absolutely true. He's got thing. maybe a dog in the house that right. could fit in this thing. Right. I don't know. Maybe, we'll maybe. But, but like, like I said, I'm going to give you specific instructions for the vintage Musk autograph. Uh, uh, Andrew Bello wrestling shirt. You got to take that thing as soon as you get it. Frame it immediately. Immediately. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, J Riz. Big deal what you just did there. Good for you. Dope, dope promo. I loved it. That shit was entertaining as fuck. All right. Who do we got next? All right. Let's keep scrolling here. Oh, here we 
know, keep going, keep going. Yeah, please keep and going. And there, let's see. Well, okay, this one, okay, just real quick. This is from the Iron Patriot. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't see it, but uh, the listeners can't see it. You just see a long shadow standing in a parking lot. And when you play it, there's no audio to it. And it's because he's he's doing Dexter Loomis, who just would stand there eerily and not say a word. And uh, he said, I don't think anybody would be able to tell who it was. And I, I nailed it off the bat. Really? He, after, I, didn't, I couldn't tell who Jay Reezy was, but I could tell that someone just sitting in a parking lot was Dexter Loomis, who hasn't been on TV in eight months. So uh, <laughs> take that, that for what it's worth. Amazing. Is, Dexter, but, uh, is Dexter Loomis the guy who did gay porn? What was his name? The guy who did gay porn on NXT? No. That they had so. that gif of, of him and Triple H and some other dude pointing at each other? No, 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 no. Who that was, was a that? completely different guy. He's not even in the company anymore. I can't even remember his name. But <laughs> I don't know who next to is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do we play this? Does It doesn't have any. Well, you can play it. There's no audio. It's just going to be like no 10 audio. seconds of nothing. All right, all right. Well, all right, we'll go to the next one. Really. Iron, nice. Iron, Iron Patriot, thank you so much. Iron Patriot's on his like 19th millionth fucking Twitter handle at this point. I'm sorry. X. Right. He keeps getting banned for the Trump shit, most likely. What do, what do we got here? What's next? All right. Up next, we have Colin Weissong, uh, Andrew Bellows, K Fabe best friend. Hi, Colin. And let's Hi. see if you guys can tell who uh, Colin Weissong is emulating here in this promo. He looks like white Jesus right now. Hold on for a second. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on. Hold on for a second. We got to play that again. Let's Elon! There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes hoes in this house. (laughs) Dope. That is next level. That is uh, off off the charts. Amazing. That's a Babylonian mystery school. That that's worthy. <laughs> that is worthy of an Andrew Bello T-shirt if there yes, ever was. Oh, yeah, that's next level if there ever was something right there. Colin, the Bravo. production values are better than anything Impact Wrestling's put out in the last ten years. And, and God just damn, hire record, this talking, man. I was talking to Colin, and he goes, "He has a barn in his backyard. He actually went outside in the barn and did that. So it looked like oh. it was Bray Wyatt's house." So, like, I mean, talk about, you know, putting in the extra effort. I mean, give that kid a shirt, Bells. Kelly Ray, you see what's trending right now? What's trending? Oh, hold on. Let me see. What's trending? Uh, Keep going. Jade Cargill. There he is. Damn. No. 4,028 posts. Not Jade Cargill. Look, two down. World War III? No. Alex Jones? Alex Jones is trending right now. What did he do? Alex (laughs) Jones in this house. Alex Jones in this house. What we got next? What we got next? All right, right. let's see. Let's go. What the hell is that? I don't know. I think he, did he, uh, okay, here we go. This is uh, everybody's favorite chimera, Mandir. Heavy headers. Heavy headers, Mr. Mandir. Come uh, on, He bro. said this one is a deep cut. He says he didn't think he'd be able to figure out who it was, but I knew right off the bat because I remembered the promo. Let's All see right. if you guys can, can uh, figure it out. Well, first things first. I heard Hulk Hogan coming on television mm-hmm. saying I couldn't cut the mustard. Well, Hulk Hogan, you suck. <laughs> Your ass is grass, and I'm going to smoke it. Oof. Who is it, Striz? I don't know. 
Bells, you want to take a guess? And that would be a six, I believe, of the, of the formerly of the NWO. X-Pac, yes, it was. That was uh, his. That was uh, X-Pac's first promo when he returned to the WWE from WCW, and he was, you know, calling out Hogan and Bischoff for being not very fun to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, good yeah. job, uh, Mandy. Nice, that was Mandy. awesome, Mandy. Fantastic. What's up, dude? How you doing? That was dope. All right, who do we got next? All right, let's scroll and see who we got here. Let me retweet Mr. Mandy. Hold on. Boom. All right, what do we got here? Uh, here it is, the one true Baba. One true. Now this is like, yeah, you'll be able to know immediately because his voice sounds exactly like the person he's emulating. All right, let's let's hear from uh, the one true Baba. I see here. Wednesday locker room. <laughs> Rest in peace. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Dope. Lord. Does that not sound exactly like the Undertaker or what? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That was dope. That was very, man. very cool. And and the mannerism, the purple light meant. behind him, and everything. So we got some guys doing some production out here. Shit, man. We we're gonna run out of t-shirts this first fucking week. Damn, <laughs> we are. Very dope. Very I'm giving dope. my t-shirts away. I give yeah, the t-shirts right. away around here, Bill. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I gotta stop. You just get, you know, I, I can't. So anything that I said that, that you were getting a t-shirt. Um, it's negated. Only if Bell says it. That's right. Okay, so what else we got? That's it. That's the that's it for this week. Yeah, that was a quick round of uh, people willing to humiliate themselves to have their name on TV. Or on a podcast, that is, rather. That is fantastic. Everyone gets one but Ray. Send, send DM me, folks. I think that's five okay. shirts, five promos. I think we're good. I think we're done. I, 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 I got to hear this. I, I, I haven't heard this. I got to hear this. Hold on for a second. If I What's can, that? I, no, you I, don't want to hit that. I don't even no, know I can play it. And down we dive into Hades. You oh, ultimate will warriors, give don't. me and my warriors <laughs> a shout out because I command it. And as I look into my palm, I see all of my warriors call out to my name. It's pretty good. And it is done. Encourage that behavior. <sighs> That was pretty good. That was that was pretty good. I must say, fucking, so much. you know, even Ray can't even do this shit right. He does a perfectly good warrior, but like we all really wanted to hear racist, sexist Hulk Hogan. We all fucking know that's what we want out of Ray. He can't even fucking do that right. <laughs> God damn it! Drop the ball, brother. Oh, oh, brother, you have trampled upon Death Valley. Oh yeah, he didn't do you it. You yeah. have committed the ultimate transgression, mm-hmm. and for this. There are consequences. Isn't that right? Oh, yes! WLR for these transgressions and for stepping into my yard. You will give me a shout out. And for these transgressions. So the Ultimate Warrior was much better. Undertaker's. Paul well, Bear we also did just good. get a really good taker from Bobo. So in fairness, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the ultimate warrior was fantastic. And, and Ray does an incredible Hulk Hogan. Uh, damn, a track would have been dope if he would have done the Iron Sheik because he does oh, the best Iron Sheik ever in the history of so Iron good. Sheik impressions. R.I.P. Uh, this was dope. This was this was dope. Another good one. And whomever came out and did it, we used to get like 40 freaking shouts right now. People are like, I don't know, because I can't. 
I can't yeah. step up and cut a promo. You know, all you got to do is imitate a professional wrestler, man. So this is the elite of the elite right here. I was going to say, this is top tier WLR right. Right, the, the, the top of the the cream of the crop that rises to the freaking very top, ladies and gents. That's that's the way it goes. All right, I'm not saying there's a class order here, but there's there's a class order here. Yeah, hell's yeah, absolutely. This this is fucking the elite. That's all. And then there's the right. rest. We're of trying the to warm it down till it's just John. Right, and, that's, that's <laughs> and and then we know we've gone too far. Prime four. <laughs> Tell the people where they can find you, sir. Uh, yeah, you could find me on X. I did the arm thing. Uh, at TH to the E A N to the D R E W B E double L O. And yes, anybody who isn't Ray who did a shout out, feel free to DM me. We'll uh, we'll make some arrangements. I'll send you a as worn by the Andrew Bello wrestling t shirt. You could decide whether or not you'd like me to wash it. And uh, that's pretty much where we're at. That's pretty much where we're at. Um, music coming. I'm like in the process of some things. They're actually getting closer to fruition. I actually just went back the other day and like listened. I have like four or five songs in the can that I might I might just dump on the world at some point. We'll see what happens nice. there. Um, but yeah, you can find me on the YouTubes also at the Andrew Bello. That's once more T H the D A N to the D R E W B E double L O. Back to you, oh. Brother. All right, all right, all right. Fantastic. Stridge, what's up, buddy? Tell the people where they can find you. Yo, find me at T H to the E A N to the D R E W B E double L O or at Strain of Steve underscore one of the two. Should uh, do you well on the X. Right there it is. And uh, that's all I got. All right. And, well, that's more That's more than that's most it. people got, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. I try. My name is Billy Ray Valentine, Billy the Kid, Mecca G, Cody Loads, you know the deal, coming to you straight out of your mama's bedroom. Hey, make sure you tune in next week to WLR. Make sure you tune into everything Hameen Media's got pumping out, Channel Attitude. Go over there and check out Hameen and his people, you know? Um, make sure you go over to the PW Hustle. It is no longer just wrestling. It is now fandom, ladies and gentlemen. Everything you can fucking think of. That's what people are doing over there on the PW Hustle channel. So what's up? Shouts to you. The infinitefringe.podbeam.com. Freeworld.fm launches on November 3rd. The lineup is crazy for that Friday. Let's see. Who we who do we have? We have Jimmy Jean is going to kick it off. Then the Iron Realm Media. Jimmy Jean. Yep, JG, ladies and gents, he's he's, he's going to be the first thing. Damn. Month of Sundays. The first thing to air on, uh, well, the first official airing because things are airing on on free on uh, freeworld.fm right now. But uh, the the first official airing will be Jimmy Jean, and then uh, then it's going to be the Iron Realm get kids doing their thing. Uh, David Knight comes on after that. Tony Ardern is going to come on after that. What? And then uh, John Brissom, Don Jeffries, uh, William Ramsey's, Wayne McCroy. And, of course, it wouldn't be a launch of the station without BRV. So I'm going to do a show, too, on Friday. And we're going to launch it, and we're going to kick it off. Uh, it's it's going to be fun, ladies and gents. So tune in November 3rd. We're going to launch the station, and it's going to be like kind of a 24-7 thing. There's a lot of hosts coming on, uh, some people we haven't yet on, onboarded. So make sure you come over and, and, and take a look and support. It's absolutely free. You know, um, we have bigger plans for the platform, but right now uh, that's what we're doing. So come over and check it out. The infinite That's my, my, my thing. Go over there and do that. 
uh, America Unplugged on Rockfin every Saturday, forecasting the end of the world and reporter scribes to the apocalypse, because uh, that's what's going down right now. If you haven't uh, uh, found out, listen, uh, to, uh, to be serious for a second, if you can go get yourself some food and go get yourself some extra water that you can store, do that shit now. This shit is not looking good. I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully things blow over in the Middle East, but damn it, man, I don't know. So make sure you just stack some stuff, man. May, you know, hey, if, if uh, worse comes to worse, you just have a, a little extra for Thanksgiving. That's it. You know, um, but if you can do it, if you have the money, if you have the, the reserves, go ahead and do it because uh, things things aren't looking so good, in my opinion. I, I don't I don't like it. So I'm going to try to stack up. I've already started to do some and I'm going to do some more. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Right. So America Unplugged, 12 p.m. I'm Rockfin uh, Saturdays live. And of course, you can catch uh, the podcast on America And of course, WLR, the 1111 boys, ladies and gents, with my guy. The Andrew Bello and the Strangler Steve King doing our thing here. What's up, Bells? Hey, I'll catch a punk ass down the road. I'm not even gonna give you a shot. I'm not even gonna give you a chance to get out of here. You've been threatening to do that all the time. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not I'm just gonna tell you that I'm catching your punk ass down the road. What what's Strizz doing? You're gonna close this out, Strizz. What you doing? I like really big boobies. Oh man, he does. Take like those boobies. Bye bye.